Well, we've been preaching this year or these last few weeks uh, about the purpose of our church. We've been looking at who we are as Christ Community Church, this idea that God placed on my heart. Uh, Rosemarie in Sunday school was saying something about how sometimes we complicate things, and really I think that church and what we do, sometimes we make things more complicated than God designed them to be. So simply put, as a church, we exist to love God, we exist to love people, and then the result of loving God and loving people, I believe, is impact in our world. I've got a degree in mathematics, you know, and we get to look at formulas and equations and, and all that fun stuff that everyone loves. And, you know, how, how simple is that equation? Like A plus B equals C. Like that's really what it seems like in my mind. A is that we love God. B is that we love people. And then the result of that is what? It's absolutely impact. I mean, as, as simple as it sounds and as maybe uh, not complicated as it's supposed to be, it seems as though to me that if we have these two elements, loving God and loving people, we can expect to have the element of impact, the result of impact in our world, the result of impact around us. We looked at these verses in Matthew chapter 22. This is where it kind of came from. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbors as yourself. All the law, the commandments, they hang on these two props. These, all the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. Really, what I sense in this is if we can get these two things right, we see the fulfillment of the law. We see the fulfillment of God's plan. Like if, if I could focus on anything, it'd be loving God and loving people. And then what I believe is that we're transformed and we begin to impact those around us. I want to read some more verses that I've preached on before. They're in the book of Matthew as well. And we've talked about being salt and saltiness and, and the idea that salt preserves and that salt, um, it, it helps to purify or, or these different things and light illuminates and guides. But, but there was something in these verses that stood out to me as I read them this year. You're the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it in a house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I believe that we were created with a purpose. And Jesus uses this metaphor of salt and light. And it's, it's for something that, again, is pretty simple. The point of salt and the point of light is impact. The point of salt and the point of light is to be seen, to be recognized, to be tasted or experienced, right? And so Jesus is saying to us that we have a purpose, and that purpose is absolutely that we would be seen, that we would be known, that we would be felt, that we would be experienced. And so I want to talk about the church purpose today, the plan of God's church for us, his, his plans for us, that we would be a church that impacts our world. That's who he's called us to be. Yesterday, um, for those who were here, Elta's memorial service, I used this verse. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into marvelous light. In the King James, it says that you and I, we are what? We're chosen. We like that. We're royal. That's cool. But we're peculiar. <laughs> Look around the room. Is there someone peculiar in this room? Don't point at them. You see, the reality is, as children of God, there's something in us that should absolutely be different than the things that are around us. There's a statistician that does a lot of research on churches. His name's George Barna. And he said, I look at the average church or the average Christian in the average church, and they look no different than the rest of the world. Jesus gave us this analogy because something in us should be different. I need a few people to stand up here. Mike, I need you to come up here. Uh, Casey, I need you to come up here. Um, And Walt, I need you to come up here. I need all three of you guys just to stand across the front real quick. And I need you to look at the church. Is anything different? Well, I'm not talking about comparing them. I'm talking about your experiences with these guys. This was not planned. This was something that came up yesterday and just happened to transpire today. Mike has a tie on this morning. I don't know that I've ever seen Mike wear a tie. And it says Tabasco all over. You guys can sit down. That's all I needed. Was there something different? And typically when we see something different, our eyes are drawn to that. And I'm going to guess that someone's going to want to ask Mike later, why are you wearing a tie? He said that tie is from his 8th grade graduation. We're a peculiar people. And as peculiar people, there should be stuff in us that stands out from the world around us. There should be stuff in us that looks different than everything around us that actually compels people. Like, are you okay, Mike? <laughs> What's going on in your life today? Like, <laughs> We want to ask questions. We want to know the story. We want to know the why. Why are you different? But the problem is we're not very peculiar at times. We're not very, very different <laughs> And so no one's asking us why. In that, in that verse I read from, from the book of Matthew, he uses two illustrations. The first one was, you're the salt of the earth. And when he's talking about salt, he's not necessarily talking, like I say, pastors, we want to make this stuff cool. And so we talk about all the uses of salt and the fact that salt was a currency. And in in that time, salarium, the word salary, comes from the same word as salt. We We like to listen to all those stories and all the purposes of salt. But what does Jesus say? What's he talk about? He says, number one, you are. There's an absolute in that, right? There's not a question. You are. This is who you are. As a child of God, you are the salt of the earth. And then what's he say? Like he doesn't start talking about the purposes, does he? He says if salt loses its saltiness, what do we do with it? We throw it on the ground to be trampled by men. You see, I think Jesus 
is using the word salt and he begins to talk about the potency or effectiveness of salt. Salt has a purpose. For me, salt has a big purpose. Greg was telling me when he was in the hospital, the antibiotics tasted, made his food taste funny, but then he said he couldn't have any salt on his food. I mean, who wants food without salt? Salt has a purpose. And if salt isn't salty, then what's the point of it? You see, we're called to be a potent people. We're called to be a powerful people. That's who He's made us. We're not called to not, to not be powerful. We're not called to not be a potent or effective people. He said, you are salt. You are. Not just pastor, not just Walt, not just a few. We are the salt of the earth. When God called you salt, when he gave you that purpose, that purpose was that you would be effective. That purpose was that you would be powerful. You know, as I was reading in, in the scripture this week, there's, there's two churches I want to talk about. One's the church in Rome, and the other one's the church in Antioch. And I just want to see what they say about these churches. To all in Rome who are loved by God, this is Paul writing this letter to them. And called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8, the first thing he thanks for. I thank my God, through Jesus Christ for all of you. Because your faith is being reported over all the world. Now, I want you to think about this. There wasn't Facebook and Twitter then. There weren't telephones or internet then. Yet the church in Rome was so potent. The church in Rome was so effective that what happened? Paul's just hearing this story. They weren't powerful and effective so others would hear their story, but others heard their story because they were powerful and effective. The church in Antioch, this is some of them. The them in this verse are the disciples who were there when Stephen got martyred. It's the early church. There's a whole lot going on then in the book of Acts. It says that some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, they went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. See, that's salty. And what happened? News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. It's hard for me to read these verses and not realize how difficult it had to be for news to travel then and how easy it is for news to travel today and wonder what people are saying about the church. Like, it's not hard to tell the world right now. Then it was, it was something powerful. I mean, it should be so much easier for our potency, for our effectiveness to be heard, to be announced, to be told. In this moment, they had to tell someone who told someone who got on a donkey and went somewhere else and told someone who got on a camel and went somewhere else and told someone who got on a boat and went somewhere else and told someone. 
Man, we can't even use... How many characters is Twitter? Anybody know? We can't even use our 44 characters or whatever Twitter is and get our story out. I don't think that's what God designed. His intention for His people are that we would be a potent people. That we will be living in such a way. You see, what did he say in the book of Acts? I will give you power. To be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. We are a people who God has called to be a powerful people. He's given us the Spirit of God who dwells within us. He expects us to be a salty people. But what was the warning? He said there's some that aren't potent. I got a quote, quote, excuse me, a quote from Martin Luther King. One of the great problems of history is that the concepts of, this is Martin Luther King Jr., not Martin Luther King like the Protestant Reformation, sorry. One of the greatest problems of history is that the concepts of love and power have been used, contrasted as opposites. What is needed is a realization that power without love is reckless and abusive, and love without power is sentimental and anemic. When I talk about the purpose of us loving God and loving people, it means that we are a powerful people in the love of God. His love is in us. His love comes through us. His love for the world is revealed through our lives. We should be a powerful people endued by power from the Spirit of God to show the love of God to those that are around us. But salt that's not salty. Doesn't make sense to us. We're used to little Morton's bottle that's got that person on it with an umbrella, and that's always salty. Salt that's not salty. You know where they got their salt in, in, in Jesus' days? Typically they went to like the Dead Sea and they found deposits along the sea. And they would gather these deposits and that's what their salt came from. And sometimes that salt would get wet and the salinity would kind of wash out of the deposits. But they were left with something that still had the essence of salt. So if they threw it out in their yard, guess what would happen? It would kill the grass. It would sterilize the ground. So where would they put it? Well, they would put it where they didn't want the grass to grow. Where did what men walk? On the road. There's some of us in our driveways. We need some unsalty salt. You know what I'm saying? Our parking lot. We need some unsalty salt sometimes. Because stuff grows. But I'll tell you what. I was challenged this year as I read these verses. Where there's unsalty salt, there's no life. Unsalty salt sterilizes the ground. Church, if we're not salty, if we're not potent and powerful, 
why do we expect to see new life? Not even the weeds can grow up. God designed us. He created us. He's called us a powerful people. We should expect to be salty. God's God's design for us is that we would be a potent people. And then he says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So I said that God uses the salt analogy to tell us that we are a potent people. And I believe that God's using the light analogy to show that we are a present people. People should see the light of the world through you. But the problem is, what Barna noted and what, what we, we tend to see is, is that we are too busy assimilating with the world. We're too busy blending in with the world around us, doing whatever we can so we can't be seen. The analogy I had in my mind, I've watched Olympic diving before where those people jump off those really high things. And, and they're not really, I mean, they're skinny people. They're not like me, but, but they're still, I mean, they're not, they're people. And the goal, what's their goal? To make no splash. Well, if you ever stay in a hotel with the Mallory's, that's not our goal. Sometimes we stay in hotels that have low ceilings. The goal is to see who can splash the ceiling. I mean, the whole point of that splash is to what? To be seen. You know what happens when, when we're in... Those rooms are loud, too. I mean, I, I, I mean, we've had people come from the front desk and tell us to quiet down before. Uh, pastor is a powerful per, person, visible person sometimes. You know what I mean? Because our kids, guess what happens when we start to jump in? Mom! 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 You hear a splash. Did you see that? No. Mom! 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 What's the point of a splash for a five-year-old kid that no one can see? What's the point of light that can't be seen? Your life is peculiar. It should be different. It should be noticed. It should be seen by the... No, 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 wait, wait. It shouldn't just be seen. It needs to be seen. We all got lights on our dashboard that we ignore. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just want to get the electrical tape and put it over top of lights so we don't see that they're lit up. The point of a light is to not be hidden. God's purpose for your life isn't just to be hidden. His purpose is that you would be seen because the light of God that's in your life is powerful. The light of God that's coming through you has a purpose that must be accomplished. It might not look the same as my light. 
I've talked about it. There's different kinds of light, right? We got our lights up here. We got lights here. We got lights that are making the screen words come up. We got lights on our cars. We got high beams for when people make us mad and we flash them on the highways. I think that's why we use them, right, Roy? We got flashlights. We got candles. I mean, every light has a different purpose, but they're all imperative. We have lights on our dashboard to tell us we need to change our oil for crying out loud. Your light needs to be seen. It's not just it should be seen. God needs your light to be seen. There's darkness somewhere that needs your light. There's a famous Methodist missionary, Stanley Jones, who was asked to name the number one problem of the church. And he quickly replied, the number one problem was irrelevance. He went on to say the opposition to the church largely stems from disappointment. We promise to make men different, but the promise goes largely unfulfilled. My translation is the church is not doing what the church is supposed to be doing. Rather than impacting, we're embracing. Rather than leading, we're settling. You know, God is saying that he's called us to be a powerful and present people. This week, we got a card in the mail. And, you know, it was graduation week. And just so everyone knows, the church for graduation, we gave all the seniors uh, what we call apologetic Bibles. They're books with defenses of the faith. They're Bibles that are defenses of the faith that we give to all the seniors in our high school. And so uh, Tara got them up to the school. We gave them out of Taco Tuesday. Anyway, and so uh, we got a card in our mailbox this week. You know, at first when you get a card and you look at it and you're reading it and it said, to the church. <laughs> and I'm just reading it, you know, as the lowercase t church. You know what I mean? The church. Now, man, we, we really miss this one. They don't even know the name of our church. <laughs> like, just just questioning, like, impact. And, and I read the words, and, and, you know, I mean, like I said, sometimes light is real powerful, and sometimes light is different. And, and, and this senior said, I just wanted to thank the church. And again, she wrote the church. I'm like, man, why'd you write the church? Like, we're Christ Community Church. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the church. So I want to thank you for the countless tacos that you've given us through the years and the Bible that you gave me for graduation. And as I pondered this a little bit, what resonated for me was it didn't just say the church, but it said the church. And there's nothing against any other church in our community. It's not a, it's not a pride thing, but that was a capital T church. That's what it said, the church. You see, I think a Potent and present people will be seen. And I believe that when a potent and present people are seen, there will be impact. That's God's plan. That's the simplicity of this whole thing. What's the point of salt that can't be tasted or light that can't be seen? What's the point of a church if we can't love God and love people? If we can't receive His power and show His power? If we can't be light in this world in the midst of darkness? Why? 
so we can come and feel good and laugh a little bit? He said it's not worth anything. Actually, that salt that's not salty, it becomes a liability. I don't want to be a liability in the kingdom of God. You guys can come forward. Newton has these laws on motion, right? He was a smart guy. And he came up with some ideas and he said this really profound statement. You know, you you ever think, why couldn't I be the guy that said that first So we talk about how smart Newton is. His first law of motion says what? An object stays at rest unless what? Unless it's acted upon by an outside force. Now come on! Why couldn't I have been that guy? Who doesn't know that? I mean, if I'm Newton's friend, I'm like, seriously, dude, that's what you're going with on your paper, your dissertation? But I want to report that, or I want to restate that. An object will stay at rest unless it's acted on by an outside force. That's who we are. That verse in 1 Peter, you know how else he described us? He described us as strangers and foreigners or even aliens in this world. There's an outside force that this world needs. It's in you. It's in me. That's impact. God, I come to you this morning in, in this place. I pray that the words that we've probably heard a thousand times, this, this parable that you used with salt and light, God, I pray that, that today as we think about that, we can look inwardly. God, that we can ask the questions, that we can, we can ask the, 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 the hard questions to ourselves. You know what? I'm salt. Am I salty? Am I effective in what you've called me to be? God, that we can we can look at our lives and, and we can say, I am light. Have I been hiding it? Have I been putting a bowl over top of what you've given me? Because you've given me the power to be light. You've endued me with power from the Spirit of God that I can be light, an effective witness in the world around me. And God, there are people who need salt. There are people who need light. There are people who need love. There are people who need power. There are people who need force in their life, God. And I'm the one you've called to do that. God, I want to be a church of impact. God, I want us to be people of impact. 
Because that's who you've called us to be. This morning as we're in this place, God, if you speak to our hearts, as you show us if there's something we need to do, if there's something we need to change, God, you're not going to throw us out to be trampled by men, but you said you are therefore a new creation in Christ Jesus. What was is not anymore. God, if we feel like unsalty salt, you can make us salty today because of the promise of Jesus Christ. God, if there's masks, if there's bowls, if there's ways in which we've been concealing or hiding what you've done, I pray that you would lift them up from our lives. Scripture says, fan the flame. Fan those flames so that we can be light in the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. As they lead us in a chorus, I want to open the altar. And just give you an opportunity to respond to what God said. There may be other situations or circumstances in your life. If, if you need a touch from God because of something you're going through as a pastor, I want to be able to pray with you. If you say, Pastor, I don't feel very powerful. <laughs> I feel weak. I want to pray with you that the Holy Spirit would give you the power that you have need. If you say, Pastor, I just don't feel very bright. I want to pray with you that that the Spirit of God would fan that flame, that your light could be effective in the world that's around you, because that's what God wants us to be. The altars are open. You are the salt of the earth. The light of the world. That's You are a people of impact. Let's be who he created us to be. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May turn his face towards you, grant you his peace. And may you be salt and light, powerful and present in this world. Amen. Be blessed.